here and we are live we think and uh are you alive brad i'm alive yes i am definitely alive (laughs) and uh full as i can be i was gonna say maybe a few pounds heavier but uh yeah i didn't even bother getting on the scale today i don't know about you not to get into our personal business but uh Uh, I'm, I'm one of these guys I weigh about once a week, mm-hmm. you know, just to make sure I haven't completely gone off the yeah. rails, but I didn't even bother getting on the scale today. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I, I actually weigh myself fairly often because I've been trying to lose weight over the last right. six months and have lost some. You're doing a great job. But I, but, but on sun yesterday morning, I was up there by a few over what i had been and so i did weigh myself this morning but uh i i took it easy yesterday so i was back in range today well <clears throat> i will probably step on the scale tomorrow or the next day i'll i'll try and get me a starting point but yeah. i don't know why i mean christmas is right around the corner i'm going to be eating the same way i did um i, I don't want to say that uh that I gained weight, but when I get on the scale, it's one of those scales that talks to you and it said, Hey, one at a time. <laughs> so that, that's, I think that's an old Rodney Dangerfield line. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, I, like I, uh, I, I left the house this morning, uh, early, well, not too early. We had, uh, had four of the grandkids over this morning while my daughter had went to the doctor. You know, she's, she's expecting. And, uh, so anyway, we, we watched four of the kids this morning, but after they left, I, 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 as I typically do if I'm teaching, which I'm teaching tomorrow, I've got to get some time just mm-hmm. uh, apart from a lot of stuff. So anyway, I went up and had coffee at the local coffee shop and sat up there for a few hours just studying and reading and writing. And, and uh, and you know, I'm driving up here to the radio station, haven't eaten all day. I'm like, i got to run through Chick-fil-A. Now, yeah. when was the last time? Have you ever gone through Chick-fil-A where they said, hey, can you scoot up a little bit? Uh, your chicken's not ready. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? <clears throat> it has happened to me before, but not any time recent. Yeah, but so yeah, it, it's it's such an offense. It is. If it sounds like I'm eating chickens, because I am. But <laughs> well, you're all done over there. It Almost. smells really good in the studio. Here. Exactly. So. Well, how was your Thanksgiving, brother? It was very low key. Good. Very <clears> low key. Just immediate family, and then. Uh, uh, although my, my middle one who just moved to your neck of the woods, uh, yeah. well, you're from Houston, I know, but he moved to lived in Dallas, Dallas for many years. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he just moved out there. So he had, to, he sent us a picture of himself out in his courtyard of his new apartment building, grilling a couple of steaks. So good uh, for him. Yeah. He, he just, he got his TV set up so we could watch football and he had the steaks. And so he was all set, but he'll be home at Christmas. Other than that, my other two kids, my grandkids, my daughter and son-in-law, all there. And then uh, my sister, who you know, and her yeah. husband, they came over uh, for dessert. and So very nice. low-key, and mm-hmm. we didn't really eat till 3 o'clock, which was nice to, you know, we bought we bought turkeys from our good friends at Woody's Barbecue in oh, Ponte Vedra, who have long supported SWAT Bible studies. and Already cooked, right? Already cooked. Oh, man, that's uh, a good kinda, option. Kind of smoked a barbecue mm. flavor. They were really good. We just had to heat them up. So we had an easy 
day up until easy for me to say my wife was still doing some things i suppose but uh very, right, so very does, does woody's cut that do they carve no, it they were, well they probably would but these okay. were two smaller we got two you know small to mid-sized turkeys and uh they were great really good well that's and, a uh, good option yeah. I, i'll have to remember that we had we had all five of our kids in along with their spouses so 10 uh, adult children then we had uh, nine little ones running around and then vicky and i so uh we we definitely had a had a house full yeah uh, we for the last so i think i mentioned this before every other uh thing we have our kids every other thanksgiving and we have our kids every other christmas mm-hmm. so this year was thanksgiving and uh, my wife just did a phenomenal job we uh had tables uh that are eight foot tables so two eight foot tables joined together outside wow with chairs all the way around a little table for the kids and she just uh, man one of the advantages she, of living in florida you know and it was a perfect day thanksgiving dinner outdoors it, it was a perfect day it yeah. was uh, we didn't eat till about five o'clock four thirty so it was starting to get dark mm-hmm. we have one of those fire torches you know that yep. heat up right and so that was nice anyway it was a yep. just a, a great great time yeah i was uh our friend Brian Andrew, at uh, who's been on the radio with us here several times and is a longtime SWAT brother, uh, at our last SWAT meeting prior to Thanksgiving, so a week ago Thursday, you know, he kind of reminded us in our group as men and as leaders to be thinking about, you know, what we could, what we can say at the table, mm-hmm. you know, not just, yeah. you know, which I've been guilty of in the past, right? You go to your concordance and you look up thanksgiving or thankfulness in your concordance right and you you find some uh passages right that have to do with giving thanks and but brian kind of issued that challenge to to you know think about it a little bit and like what kept coming to me was um we've talked i've talked about it on the broadcast and i didn't get it of course i i got it from rc Sproul several years ago when he spoke at our church where he said that his his favorite verse, I think now I'm going to get it wrong, but I think it's it's Genesis 12, 15. It's when God makes the covenant with Abraham. Mm. And he and God by himself passes through the pieces of the killed animals. Yeah. Um, doesn't make Abraham do it. That God, didn't, <clears throat> we talked about this recently. Mm-hmm. But anyway, just I think my kids and you know were kind of looking at me like, what does this have to do with Thanksgiving? <laughs> when I was going through that passage, but I said, Everything that we have as God's children and are becoming God's children is yeah. because of his willingness yes. yeah. to keep this covenant yeah. and, and take the and become like the mm. cut up animals yeah. and the killed animals uh, for our breaking the covenant, not because he broke the covenant, yeah. but because we did. And so everything kind of stems from and you and I have been Doug has talked about that, about salvation begins with God. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. begin with us, uh, and so that—that's—that's. That's, I just thought that's where our thankfulness should start. So, did you do a full-blown Bible study? Before, it was only before the meal. Um, it was only about an hour and a half, <laughs> and uh, we did have to reheat the food a couple times. No, no, it was a couple minutes, and uh, and then my grandson, who's five, said the Lord's prayer start to finish by himself. Good for him. Yeah, so that good was great. That was. <laughs> That did my heart good. I love it. uh, I love it. it Really, really sweet. I I think you encouraged me. Hopefully, you encouraged some of our listeners uh, over Thanksgiving about doing that. Obviously, Brian Andrews mentioned it. Mm -hmm. You you brought it up last week. And so, I I decided 
as opposed to just kind of uh, blessing the, the food and the time together, I went to a scripture. I looked at Psalm 9, verse 1, that says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And uh, so I had an, we had an opportunity kind of before as we're all out there getting ready to eat. We've all got our plates is to discuss God's uh, just wonderful deeds mm-hmm. in, in our life. And we we're, we narrowed it in, into the last year. But at least with our family, and I'm sure you would say the same, if you start to recount God's wonderful deeds, we have so much to be thankful yeah. for. Yeah. And so we kind of all went around and talked about various things that we were thankful for. And, of course, the, the little ones – uh, had the most to say. Yeah, you know, sure. Just they just comes to mind all the things they're thankful for. Yep. So. Yep. My at my granddaughter's school, they did a little poll of all the kids saying what they're thankful for, and it was really cute. And my granddaughter, who's three, said new shoes. <laughs> Listen, yeah, exactly, uh, absolutely, exactly. Well, I, I've heard it said before, and this is in a more secular uh, reference, but that it's a good idea every day to write down a few things that you're grateful for Amen. and you're thankful Amen. for and start the day that yeah. way um, because it's so easy to complain. And yeah. I say that speaking for myself. Yeah. I, it's well, so easy to have a complaining spirit, and I'm guilty of that. We've always, always used the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. Right. A, adoration. C, confession. T is thanksgiving. And S is supplication. But the thanksgiving aspect, in fact... You know, when you talk about the adoration aspect, what I do is I kind of describe the attributes of God. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, listen, you could spend uh, 30 minutes just sure. in that area. Right. But you get to the part of Thanksgiving. We have so much to be. We could we could go on for, yep. for a long time. Well, we are going to take our first break here on SWAT Radio. When we come back, we're going to rekindle our study in the book of Acts. We're glad you're with us and come back after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, serving Kings Bay at 91.3. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. 
Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten Glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be on your own front door A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol That shoots as the wish of Bonnie and Ben Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes. Glad that you're with us. And okay, I like those long intros. The, there. the Christmas music can officially. I know Doug's <clears throat> had it going now for a few weeks. Almost a but, month. Yeah. But uh, I, I joke with him. He's going to start, you know, with the Christmas music on 4th of July next year. Um, but, I'd be good with that. Yeah. yeah I know. Let's go. I know. I know. Well, I was definitely a purist, you know, in past years thinking, all right, come on, let's get through Thanksgiving before we start in on christmas but uh you're right there's so many of the especially the christmas carols that we shouldn't limit to just the christmas season <laughs> to sing them because they're so good but anyway uh we have been uh in a study in the book of mark and the gospel of mark over the last really since swat started this semester in september uh and for the last several weeks uh we've been doing uh some different aspects of uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. Um, but just because we were off last week and because we've been on that one section for a while, just by way of reminder, uh, Mark um, is, it's what widely accepted that Mark is the first gospel that was written. Uh, Mark writes it uh, based on Peter's account of Jesus' life, really to encourage persecuted believers in Rome. And Mark's focus is primarily on Jesus as servant king. Uh, Mark 10.45 is the verse that talks about Jesus saying he came not to serve, I'm sorry, not to be served, but to serve. And, of course, that was very different <laughs> from what a lot of the, uh, the Jews were expecting uh, in terms of the, of the Messiah. Um, and early on in Mark, in, in chapter 1, we saw that God revealed a king who identifies with his people uh, Jesus and his baptism, a God who intervenes for his people, uh, God tearing open the heavens, if you will, at Jesus' baptism and announcing, this is my son, uh, Jesus' coronation, if you will. Remember, the, the euangelion of God is an announcement of uh, the birth of a king, the coronation of a king, or a major military victory. And here at Jesus' baptism, we saw uh, his coronation and God's announcement, uh, an anointing of Jesus as king. And then, as I said, in the past few weeks, we've been in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20, uh, that really talks about the kingdom gospel. And we wanted to stop and focus on that because it is the words of Jesus proclaiming the gospel. The, that passage says Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the gospel, and then it writes down specifically what he said in proclaiming the gospel. And we saw that it says that the uh, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, is what Jesus proclaimed. And then he said as a result of that, that uh, people should repent, believe, and follow. And we looked at kind of those different aspects of the kingdom gospel. What does it mean that the kingdom of God is here, right? It means that mm -hmm. Jesus is the kingdom king of God's kingdom, and he is here. So therefore, the kingdom is here. Anywhere where God's reign or rule uh, occurs, where his will is done, that's where his kingdom is. And then we talked about 
repenting as a result of that and what that means, what it is and it isn't, not just a a feeling of being sorry, um, but it's a real change of life. It's a real change of direction, a change of life, and it includes um, surrendering our self-rule to Jesus' rule and trusting him for our forgiveness. And we talked about there being no Christian life without repentance and just how often that is overlooked uh, these days in presenting the gospel. And then finally, believing in Jesus, believing to the extent of complete reliance and trust in him, uh, believe that the euangelion of God uh, is that through Jesus, God forgives sinners and takes them into his kingdom to be ruled and reigned over. And then we talked about following Jesus is the last command there, those three imperative statements, repent, believe, and follow. Uh, We talked about our motivation to follow Jesus, the cost of following Jesus, and of course, the benefits of following Jesus. And that brings us up to Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28, which is what we're looking at this week. So, Brad, I just said a mouthful. <clears throat> no, that was that was quiet. good. Uh, <laughs> that, that good good lead up. Why don't we go ahead and I'll read the passage here. You can read the if you want to. I mean, we've got a lot of text to work through. Primarily, we're looking at, as you said, Mark chapter one verses twenty one through twenty eight. I'm going to go ahead and read that passage, and then we can also read the parallel passage in Luke chapter four. Uh, But let's look at Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 21. It says, And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. Verse 23, And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us? Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Verse 25, but Jesus rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Verse 28, and at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Let's look over at Luke chapter 4. You want to read that passage? Sure, sure. And like you said, it's the companion passage. It's the same account of the synagogue in Capernaum, but it starts with Jesus being in the synagogue at Nazareth. And so Luke 4, starting in verse 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is this not is not this Joseph's son? 
And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his own hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. And he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done, no ha- having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. I was thinking, you know, you think back in Mark chapter 1, which was just a couple of weeks ago, in verses 12 and 13, uh, really he leaves no doubt that Jesus has authority over Satan as the Spirit leads him into the wilderness to be tempted hmm. by the devil. Uh, both Mark and Luke record the first of several accounts where Jesus exercises authority over demons. And this passage really begins by saying they went into Capernaum. <laughs> they, meaning Jesus and those who were following as his disciples, went into Capernaum. You and I have both been to Israel with Doug. And uh, if you've been to Israel, you've likely spent some time, maybe some for us, I don't know, it was maybe a couple of hours in Capernaum. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, what they think is Peter's house, Peter's mother in right. house where they would have right. stayed, and yep. the, the remains they uncovered of the synagogue. And, yeah. Yeah, there's some great stuff there. Well, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's just such a neat place. It's kind of, again, one of those areas that if you've been over there, you want to spend more time there. Mm. Have your Bible with you. I mean, Capernaum is at the northwest edge of the Sea of Galilee. Capernaum, it sits right at the top of the Sea of Galilee. It was the largest and most populated city on the lake because it was a major crossroad for anyone traveling north and south or east and west. Mm. And because of the amount of the trade and traffic moving through Capernaum, uh, it, it required a Roman garrison to oversee all that was going on just to govern the city. Of course, it also required a tax collector, which we we know who that is. Mm-hmm. Matthew yep. was the tax collector. Yep. Anyway, good. You know, it's Capernaum became Jesus's headquarters after he was nearly thrown off the cliff in Nazareth. That's why I think it's important to to look at both of those passages. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we are going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for the news. Give us a call if you have any questions or comments on what we're going over here in Mark or anything we've talked about, you can call us at 844-777-7928. 
And we'll be right back after the break at the bottom of the hour here on SWAT Radio. SRN News, I'm John Scott. The spokesman for Qatar's foreign ministry says Israel and Hamas have agreed to extend a truce for two more days. We have the latest from the media line's Felice Friedson. The fourth plan hostage for prisoner exchange between Israel and the Hamas terrorist organization is in place for Monday evening. At the same time, officials from the United States, Qatar, Egypt and Israel have been negotiating for two additional days of quiet and possibly additional hostage for prisoner swaps. For Israel, it's a Sophie's choice, knowing the pause in fighting allows Hamas to regroup and improve its overall position before another round of fighting. Making matters worse, at the end of the negotiated exchange, Hamas will still hold a number of hostages, including a 10-month-old baby, effectively tying the Israelis' hands and reducing the options available. The hostages include two women and nine children. I'm Felice Friedson, SRN News, Jerusalem. More details at the Medialine.org and SRN news.com. Bankrate.com senior industry analyst Ted Rossman says there are plenty of good deals on this Cyber Monday. Electronics, clothes, toys, things like that. Retailers are actually having to work harder to move that merchandise because shoppers are feeling frugal and a lot of when they are splurging is more on experiences. Consumer spending for Cyber Week, those are the five days between Thanksgiving and today, It provides a strong indication on how much shoppers are willing to spend during the holidays. Stocks are mixed on Wall Street as markets look ahead to updates on inflation and how American consumers are feeling about the economy. The Dow is down 68 points, but the Nasdaq is ahead 33 points. This is SRN News. Two headlines. Which one is true? Student scared to tell parents he got an F fakes his own kidnapping? Or man's 174 mile per hour sneeze blows wife's hair off? The kidnapping story is true. You know, when I was small, there was a kidnapping at our school, but he woke up. (laughs) The truth is murky these days. And now we have my truth. I say red means go, green means stop. That's my truth. Where does that lead? We need certainty in an uncertain world. The best place to start is time each day with God, asking Him to show us the capital T truth. We'll find it in the Bible and by following Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. This is Laugh Again with Phil Calloway. If you'd like to hear more and discover all things Laugh Again, visit us at laughagain.us. Laugh Again, truth bringing laughter to life. 
SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, David Gray and Brad Sykes. I want to say, sing it, you crazy jazz cat. <laughs> that'll that'll uh, get you going there. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard that version. That's 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 a good one. That is a good one. Anyway, we are in the Gospel of Mark, and right before the break, we read the scripture from Mark twenty-one to twenty-eight, and kind of the corresponding passage from Luke chapter four. And and Brad, we were talking right before uh, the break about how. Uh, earlier in Mark, in verses 12 and 13, Mark left no doubt that Jesus has authority over over Satan and his demons, uh, as he as he dealt with Satan uh, in the in the testing period that he went through in the wilderness. Um, I, what I thought was interesting uh, also is that Doug, in his notes, uh, had talked about synagogues because it says here mm-hmm. that uh, he went into the synagogue in Capernaum, and as was his custom, he went into the synagogue in Nazareth. Um, but that, you know, there's no mention of synagogues in the Old Testament. Right. Right. Um, that they were, they were begun in the intertestamental period, if you will, um, when the temple had been destroyed in 586 BC and Israel went into exile. Uh, at some point in there, they started meeting in synagogues. And the, the Greek word comes from a Greek word that literally means to gather together. Um, Speaking of to gather together, did you get as an aside the way our cultures changed? Do you remember singing that hymn in school around Thanksgiving? We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. Do you remember that? No, we I would don't. sing that song <clears throat> in school. Really, and it's really a in hymn. public school. Yeah, to, we gather together <clears throat> to ask the Lord's blessing. I forget all the rest of the words, but it's it's a pretty well known hymn, and we used to sing it in school. Yeah, that, interesting. Uh, sorry, I went off on a, on a tangerine <laughs> no. there. Is, well, I think this idea of synagogue, uh, in fact, I'm teaching tomorrow uh, on the temple mm. and uh, from First Kings and the details of the temple. But there is no temple uh, now, right. you know, in, in, in these texts that we're looking at because uh, they don't need the temple. We are the temple. Mm-hmm. But there were synagogues. And that word synagogue, as you said, is this idea of, of coming together. Yep. And when the Jews returned under Nehemiah, they continued the practice of meetings in synagogues. Yeah. And it would be like, in fact, I think it's estimated there were around 500 synagogues mm. 
in this particular area or throughout Jerusalem. And but really, they were like local churches. Yeah. What we, what you and I would consider local assemblies. Yeah. And uh, this is where they would gather to hear the word of God. This is where they would gather to sing and to worship. And uh, you know, interestingly enough these these jews and these god-fearing men and women they were the product of the synagogues in that time and so it luke records it it reads that jesus went into the synagogue he opened the scrolls and read from isaiah 61 announcing that he was messiah bringing redemption to israel and of course uh, i think it's it, it i think that's the importance of going back and and reading from Luke chapter 4 because the people went from amazed to wanting to kill him yeah. in Nazareth. I, I love the way that passage is written. They, It says that um, it says uh, initially they said and all spoke well of him. This is from the Luke 4 passage and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. But then it's almost like they went like they liked how it sounded and they could tell mm-hmm. he was speaking with authority but then it started to sink in what he was saying. Yeah. And they went, wait a minute. <laughs> Isn't this Joseph's son? You know, like it's like right. it's like it's like you and I sitting where maybe we're, you know, we're paying attention, but we're not really letting the words sink in. And maybe people were sitting there and they're maybe a few were a little sleepy or who who knows, right? But then after a minute, and it sounded good, you know, because he's reading from Isaiah. But then after a minute, they realize, wait a minute, he's talking, he's saying that refers to him. Yeah, he says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, and all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. Is this not Joseph's son? Right. You know. Well, who does he think he is? Well, and aren't right? we, That's aren't, what they're really saying. Aren't we kind of the same way, though? You, you tell me something I don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to probably go, wait, 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 aren't you from, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, aren't you from Rock? Aren't you the school teacher's son from Rockport, Massachusetts? <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know these synagogues really provided Jesus kind of a ready-made spot to teach and right. explain the scriptures. Right. And uh, right, you know, as we move through the text, we're going to see that God reveals three things: demons are terrified of the affirmation of God's word. Number two, demons are terrified of the arrival of his judgment Mm. and then thirdly we'll look at this week that is that demons are terrified of the authority of god's word yeah Yeah. and it's very true uh mark's focus is not on the content but on the reaction or the response of his teaching Mm. Uh, i think it says in verse 21 that jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching and their response in verse 22 exposes the reality that the teaching they were accustomed to not only lacked truth, but it lacked power. Right. And uh, you know, it's, I've, one of my favorite preachers to listen to, he's got a little podcast, Stephen Lawson, and it's a podcast really geared toward preachers. And he talks about, you know, is that it's, it's not necessarily that we're to be, you know, just this dynamic uh, speaker, uh, but it should there should be some passion behind it right and you kind of wonder how was jesus teaching what was he doing that represented the power 
you know, yeah. that they were able to see. Well, well first of all, right, that, that's a great question. First of all, he we know a huge part of it is he's speaking absolute truth, yes. as if there is any other kind, but that's, my dad would say, that's a redundancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's speaking truth, and it made me think, there are multiple times in Scripture where they ask Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees and the leaders ask him, by what authority are you doing mm-hmm. this? And he says, basically, he's saying, by my Father's authority. Yeah, and, that's right. And, and he, you know, in in, in John five nineteen, right, it, Jesus does and says only what he sees and hears the that's Father right. saying and mm-hmm. doing. And so, and then I thought about the passage in Colossians that we read recently we're talking about our motivation for following Jesus, and part of that passage says he he rep, he is the exact representation, yeah, if you will, yeah, of God, exactly. of the fullness of yeah. God living in bodily form, yeah, right. So he is God, yeah, and so he's going to have authority yeah. just by who he is and what he's saying. As you say, you know, Jesus taught with a level of conviction that they were not used mm, to. Absolutely, uh, m- most people in that day were illiterate. And when they heard Jesus teach, their minds were blown. In fact, that word amazed is actually the the word we would use today is he blew their minds. Uh, And so he taught as someone who had dominion. He had rule. He had right. He had privilege. He had power. In fact, he was the word that became flesh. Uh, You know, the scribes taught tradition. And would often quote from other scribes. Jesus didn't quote anybody because he quoted himself. Uh, in fact, that uh, a distinguishing feature of Mark's gospel is his reference to people's emotional reaction. We're going to see that throughout uh, the study of Mark is how people responded to Jesus's teaching. Mm. And uh, in fact, if you look at Matthew chapter seven, Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. It reads in verse 28 that they were amazed because he spoke as one having authority. Mm. You know, they weren't used to that. Yeah. I think we talked about in study, right? Doug talked about the fact that the scribes mainly quoted other scribes, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or other Pharisees. They said, you know, well, this Pharisee so-and-so said this or Pharisee so-and-so. Jesus didn't do that. Right. Because like you said, he is the word. Yeah. I, and, yep. and by the way, another aside here, we've referenced the, the Chosen a few times and what a great job the Chosen does with particular scenes from Scripture. And the scene where Jesus goes into the, the, the synagogue in Nazareth and they're going to throw him off the cliff. And by the way, speaking of having been there, when you go to Nazareth Village, which is a recreation of a village in, in Nazareth at Jesus' time, mm-hmm. from Jesus' time, and you're there, you you can see the cliffs and the hills yeah. surrounding yeah. Nazareth, mm-hmm. and and the fact that he just walked right through the crowd, and that that scene in the chosen does a great job of uh, of showing that. And I, this is a spoiler alert, but I'm going to assume at this point most people have have seen this. the 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 leader of the synagogue in Nazareth is just talking about gnashing of teeth. Right? He he's you think he's going to gnash his teeth and, and, and tear his clothes at what Jesus is claiming about himself. And basically he says to Jesus, we have no choice but to apply the law of Moses. Or according to the law of Moses, you must die. And Jesus looks at him and says, I am the law of Moses. Yeah. 
What a powerful statement. And to your point, he is the word. He is the word made flesh. So his authority is himself. And of course, he gives the credit to his father because of his humility. But he is the authority. So anyway, we are going to take our last break of the day on SWAT Radio. We'll be back after this break. And glad you're with us. Call us at 844-777-7928 and join us on the other side of the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Mandarin at 91.7. Said the night went to the little land. Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes. By the way, Doug is away for a couple of days. He will be back with Brad on Wednesday. Brad and I will be here uh, with you tomorrow. Doug will be here with Brad on Wednesday. Brad and I will be back, Lord willing, on Thursday. And then Doug will have a guest this week on Friday um, instead of his usual Thursday date, just switching that around for this week. So we are in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28, and are, are looking at... Uh, Jesus teaching uh, in the synagogue at Capernaum um, and also his casting out 
of the evil spirit, uh, the man with an unclean spirit at the in the synagogue at Capernaum. And looking at this week, how uh, this passage reveals that demons are terrified of the affirmation of God's word, that they're terrified of the arrival of his judgment, and that they're terrified of the authority of his word. And uh, before we before we broke, we were looking at how the passage here talks about the people that were hearing Jesus teaching being astonished at the authority with which he taught. And, and Brad, during the break, I know you were throwing out a question that you've used in another teaching. Well, um, I actually used this. <clears throat> I used this last week or two weeks ago when we worked through this passage. And, uh, you know, when you realize that this is, you know, that the demons are terrified by the affirmation of God's word. But listen, the people who were there were amazed at his teaching. They were amazed because it it had power, it had authority, it had dominion, it had rule. And the the reality is, I asked this question, uh, you know, how do we know when what we're hearing is from God? Mm. Now, that would seem obvious to you and I and maybe even our listeners, but we live in a time where we have a lot of really gifted, talented uh, expositors of the word um, they communicate really effectively but you and i've spoken about it here on the air i know doug and i have is that to be a false teacher it doesn't take much to be a false teacher so how do we know when what we're hearing is from god i think one of the one of the things that well the obvious is that we have to examine the scriptures. I think we, and I, I kind of mentioned this, and First John chapter 4 reminds us to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. It says, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. And the reality is, I'm afraid in the church today, many people would not know what a false prophet was. Mm. I mean, do you do you agree or disagree with me on that? Yeah, I think so because I think there's so many that think. And you, we talked about this the other day. Even with artificial intelligence now, they are putting together fake scripture passages that sound good, that mm-hmm. sound biblical, mm-hmm. that use biblical <coughs> language that might contain elements of the truth. Yeah. But of course, they're completely. If any element isn't there is untrue, then it makes the whole thing untrue. But to your point and your question, I think people sometimes don't know the scriptures they're in churches but they don't know the scriptures they hear something that sounds scriptural or sounds right it's like the old you know how many people think god helps those who help themselves is in the bible right right or or the love of money or or money is the root of all evil things like that right this is you know probably probably a lot more serious uh, misinterpretations or or miscalculations than those things. But. Well, even things taken out of context. Right. I mean, we use say we. I mean, you hear you hear verses quoted right that don't even they're, they're completely taken out of context right. text and applied to certain things. Train Cherry pick. Train up That's a child exactly in the right. way he should go, and then he won't depart from. I mean, as if to say there's a some formula for raising children. Mm. Uh, listen, it's it's good wisdom, right? Uh, you know, but that's not uncommon today, mm-hmm. and that's why we looked at you know First John chapter four, where to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Yeah. So many of us don't do that. We don't test the spirits. 
We, as I said in Acts seventeen eleven, I think I mentioned it the other day. Paul says of those in Berea, he says these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Yeah. Another translation says they examined the scriptures to see if these things were true. So, you know, if we're going to test the spirits, how do we test the spirits? How do we examine the scriptures to see if they're true? Yeah. We test them. We have to put our faith into action. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that, are we examining the scriptures to see if these things are true or are we good with being spoon fed? Mm, right. Right. And, and again, how often starting with Doug and then of course you and I have talked about this. How often do we talk about one, so many good reasons, of course, for knowing the scriptures, but a huge reason to know them is to discern exactly falsehood. And, yep. And another way, you know, that passage you mentioned in 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 First John four, it's verses one to six. In verse two, there it says, "By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist, which you've heard is coming and is now in the world already." Yeah. Yeah. And, and and he goes on to say. We who are of God, we're yeah. born of God, or part of God's family, however you want to put it, we can recognize the distinction, but those who are of the world can't, yeah. and they believe yeah. the spirit of Antichrist. But I think I've mentioned this before. I heard someone say once, the way to test any kind of statement or, or to see if something's a cult and, or is not true or is of the Antichrist is to look at what do they say about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. First thing. Mm. And that would coincide with yeah. what it says right here in this passage. Yeah. That yeah. that's the first thing we can do to test the spirits is to say, well, what do they say about Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and back to the text. Here, here Jesus is in the synagogue in Capernaum. You know, they, they have been used to going to the synagogue and hearing these Pharisees, these scribes teach or quote or whatever. And, you know, those in Capernaum had not only been spoon-fed, they had a spiritual diet of religion mm. with no power. Right. You know, and I mean, I think many in the church, at least in the West, have a spiritual diet of religion, no power. Yeah. And, and you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, that his speech and his message were not in plausible words of wisdom— which is, by the way, what the Pharisees and the scribes were saying. It was just, hey, David said this, and J Doug said this. He, Paul, Paul goes on to say, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, mm. so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mm. The power of God is in the Word of God. And if we're if all we're doing is quoting other people, and obviously there's nothing wrong with quoting. I mean, we quote Tozer, we quote Spurgeon, we quote a lot of people, but ultimately we we, we want to center that on yeah. the, the Word of God, right? And which hopefully is the power. We're, we're quoting those people who would agree yeah. that their 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 quotes are support, support. that the scriptures exactly. are of God, exactly our truth of God. But it made me think, you know, those in Capernaum as well as those in Jacksonville. In Virginia, in Mississippi, wherever mm -hmm. you are, 
uh, many are resting in the wisdom of men. Mm. Uh, they are resting in the wisdom of men. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God does not consist in talk but in power. Yeah, yep. yeah we got to watch what we say, and we got to watch what we hear. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And I thought it's interesting in this passage, not that, and we talked about this during our study, Jesus didn't need the confirmation and the advertising of demons but exactly. it is interesting that when they say what authority is this or where does he get this authority but the demon tell and that's another thing i wonder could everyone hear the demon i i, I don't know i'm assuming that they could because they were all there right and the demon is speaking through this guy that he's possessing and what does he say he says i know who you are yeah you're the holy one of god mm. Mm. And so there's the answer to the question, what authority do you have? Yeah. Well, where do you get your authority? The de- and, it, and, of course, it reminds us of the verse, the demons believe and shudder. Yeah. But they yeah. don't surrender. They don't, they, they didn't surrender. They didn't bow their knee. They rebelled. Yeah. yeah. With Satan. Yeah. But they know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always thought that was fascinating. And it occurs several times where you will get to the, the story of the the demon possessed man in the tombs in Mark five, who's legion, who has maybe mm-hmm. hundreds or thousands of demons possessing yeah. him, and they know exactly yeah. who Jesus yeah. is, and that's and and to bring it back to the original point, that's why they're terrified. Yeah, exactly, because they know who he yeah. is. Yeah, and I mean, so they are. His word is 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 exposing their falsehood. Absolutely, and, and his just the and we'll dig into this over the next couple of days but jesus's teaching was a sharp contrast from what the scribes were teaching uh, jesus taught with absolute whereas it wasn't arbitrary it was logical it wasn't evasive it was essential not trivial it was clear it wasn't confusing his teaching was commanding. I was thinking how commanding he was, mm-hmm. not suggesting. You know, right. Jesus' commands are commands. They're not suggestions. Right. And he taught as one with power. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And we're going to continue on that tomorrow and then also begin to look at uh, these other aspects of Jesus' uh, teaching that terrified demons, the arrival of his judgment and the authority Uh, of his word. I I like what Doug said. Demons like to hide in religious places Mm -hmm. that teach false doctrine, that that teach lies. So anyway, we're really glad you're with us. Another fast hour as always. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, Brad and I, Lord willing, on SWAT Radio. And we are always glad to have you with us. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you tomorrow.